0: welcome to another episode of the blunt toss podcast presented to you by savage time tv it's your boy ab brisley and i'm here to bring you guys another episode man oh man oh man that was that outcast right there roses me and my boy barry was talking about some shit we've been going back and forth on wu-tang Clan and outcast we're gonna get into that a little bit later though before i get into all that though remember to like comment share and subscribe also check out the website savage time tv.com we're available on all streaming platforms man get out there like comment share and subscribe i really would appreciate it Uh let's just talk about the weekend man um the glass it's been a good uh pretty good week for me um went to a great event about two weeks ago poetry on peter here in atlanta at 333 peter speech Station. Um, shout out to mayana and everything she's doing man she puts on a great event it's basically like you know uh it's basically a uh, poetry on peter is basically a great event where a lot of artists and creatives come to do a lot of spoken word poetry live music uh just really great vibes man a lot of great creatives uh had some great poets get up there. Had a couple comics. Um, it was really great, man. Real good vibes. Had hookah in the air. Weed in the air. Uh, had some good drinks. It was cool, man. I'll, I'm going to make sure that I make it to every single poetry on Peter from now on. Because it's just a real cool vibe. Real good space. So, if you know, if you hear about this and you're in Atlanta, or if you're from Atlanta, man, you don't got shit to do. I know you don't. On Mondays, head on down to 333 Peter Street Station on every other Monday. Uh, you can even follow them on Instagram at poetry on Peter and her, her at is at Miana. Um, she'll, she'll pop up and you will see it, man. Hope to catch you guys there. I also wanted to get into Atlanta so far as, um, you guys know I moved out here to Atlanta, uh, uh at the end of June, beginning of July, around that time frame. So I've been out here for about a good three, three months now. I'm kind of getting my feet wet. It has been interesting to say the least, man, learning a lot about people, <laughs> learning a lot about people. Um, but I'm glad I took the step and, uh, came out here. I'm glad that I took that chance and again, bet on myself came out here to make a way to grow the platform. Uh I tell everybody it's been hard to find some of my, some of my favorite foods though that I really didn't appreciate while I was up north, the pizza, cheese steaks, uh, ethnic foods. I know everybody says oh there's ethnic foods all in Atlanta but there's like two thousand restaurants so it's really hard to find certain ones especially when it comes to like Caribbean food things like that shout out to my boy Jordan put me on to a couple places on the south side that are pretty dope. Uh one of those being Tropical cuisine they make some good Caribbean food. So if you in Atlanta and want some good Caribbean food head on down to Tropical Cuisine. They was pretty dope, pretty good. Uh it, other than that it's been great man um I have no complaints women out here are amazing um love the black women out here love the women period love the energy it's always something to do um driving's a little they're a little wild what they driving I will say that they're a little wild but they drive driving they drive us a little wild uh <laughs> they drive wild out here I, I, that's the only way I can put it man they don't believe in blinkers um Never know what you're gonna get car to car and they don't mind touching. So I will say the driving out here is not for the kind hearted. It is not for the kind hearted. But Atlanta so far has been pretty dope. I really can't complain. I'm pretty much I feel comfortable around here. Um I haven't had any bad situations, anything like that. It's been a great time that I've had out here. I still have a lot of things to visit, still have a lot of hikes to go on. I went on a great hike uh, and I think it's called Toccoa Falls, it's about an hour, hour and a half north from Atlanta. Went out there with my boy Jordan and his friend, Uh, she she was a photographer, she took some great pictures. Um, she, she, She really did her thing, but it was a really good hike, even better waterfall. That's one thing I do say I, I, I like about Atlanta is the fact that they really mix the city with the nature and me being an outside boy, earth sign, nature lover. It's great for me because I know whenever I really want to, I'm not too far away from where I can just go take a walk. I want to check out the, the bamboo forest. That's probably my next thing I want to do is check out the forest, bamboo forest that they have out here. But it's just a lot out here for me to see. And I'm still out here exploring. I just want to give you guys a little update on my Atlanta experience so far, uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, I can't say, I can't, I can't really complain. It's been pretty good. Um, let's get right into it though. Let's get into something real interesting that happened and that was that Kanye West interview, dog. Tell me about that Kanye West interview. Let's talk about that Kanye West interview. I just, I just got something that just texted me. Uh, Let's let's see here. Uh, Kanye West interview. You guys don't know how I feel about Kanye West. Uh, I think he's the GOAT. I think dude's the GOAT, man. I really do. I think he's he's the GOAT, and he always supplies us with knowledge and uh, great insight, and he did not leave anything short. On this kind, on this last interview with Dream Champs, shout out to Dream Champs, shout out to NORV, DAJ, EJFN, Revolt TV, big shout out to everybody over there on that camp for making this possible. Uh, it was just really dope because you really don't get to see Kanye come out and be so comfortable. He called Noir, um he called Noor his Joe Rogan, which I thought was really really dope. Um, he spoke on how he spoke on everything from his haircut to how he's riching and everybody in a group chat to drake he spoke on so many things man uh the drake thing i thought was pretty funny because at the end of the day he said we not really beefing like that and i don't know how he how when he put out when he put out drake's address he he put that out and made it like he had to let people know that it could be found on google which i kind of I didn't know how it was such a big deal like people were making out like it was kind of a big deal when he tweeted out his address but I was like Drake's kind of been taking shots at him the whole time and he hasn't been holding no punches and for him to just put out a public address that everybody knows where he lives in Canada it's like I didn't see the big thing on it some people were like yo you taking that fast rap this, then the third I'm like man he told that man not to bring up his family and he did anyway so at that point all hoes was off but another thing on top of that was the Big Sean thing. <laughs> he told he talked about how Big Sean was the worst signing of his life. Now I tell people you have to realize this is Kanye West. You have to realize this is Yay, we're talking about. He is emotional. He is extreme. He can be sporadic. And you have to really listen to the words that he's saying. He said it was the worst business sign. He never said they weren't cool. People were like, yo. Even Big Sean was like, yo, I just seen you at the junior's right after the interview. You ain't saying none of this. I'm like, fam, he's just kind of even seemed like the person that's going to come out and say, yo, you were the worst this and that of my, you were the worst signing of my life. Well, no, he's not gonna do that Especially when they're just in public And it seemed like it was him, Big Sean, and Hitmaker He's not gonna just gonna come out and say some shit He's not He's not just gonna come out and be like Yo, this, 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 and the third And also, Big Sean, why don't you just ask him? Because it seems as if you're putting it as if everything was cool when y'all met But clearly, it ain't been cool this whole time So why didn't Big Sean say anything to him now? Directly pull him to the side and say something. Now, I don't know if he did or not, but the way Big Sean is putting it out, I don't think it was like that. I don't, <laughs> it's like he has this big old problem and now he wants to say something. I'm like, fam, you could have just said something to him then if it's been burning in your chest that much. And another thing, is people are making it like, and a lot, a lot of the public and general public are making it like Big Sean ain't have a part to play. Like that man wasn't dragging Ye's, ye's name through the mud. Mind you, this nigga Ye saved, not saved, but changed Big Sean's life. Was the springboard for everything he's experiencing now. Wouldn't know Big Sean if it wasn't for Ye. So my thing is, when you have the opportunity and you see the media is trying to ask you about something that could be vital, something that can upset him when you know how Kanye West is anyway, just say no comment, bro. Whatever thoughts or gripes you had on the subject involving him, you could have just called him and talked about it. But he didn't. And I'm talking specifically about when they, talk, when they asked Big Sean about Kanye West and how he's running for president the MAGA hat and him and John Legend. Just kind of didn't talk about him in the best light. And I don't think Ye liked that. And at that point, you know Yay, he's going to say something sporadic and it's going to probably be extreme, but it's probably going to be real. So at the same time, I'm like, man, I don't know how much credence you can put in it, but I think, I think Big Sean should understand in a way. So, I don't know, just, just. Just just let me know how y'all feel about that. One thing that was cool is him and Beanie Siegel, man. I never knew that Beanie Siegel was the one that came out and kind of started the name Yeezy. I promise you. That's one thing as a Kanye fan, I did not know. I thought Kanye thought about that shit. You know, Yeezy was just from. uh... (laughs) I thought Yeezy had to do with. (laughs) To be honest, I thought it was like the Weezy shit. And then Ye was like, fuck my shit, because I brought a Y. Yay, Yeezy. But of course that's probably way too simple and way too easy to figure out for that to be Kanye West. So when he comes up with this Beanie Siegel story talking about how basically Beanie was always giving people nicknames that he fucked with and that's the one he gave to Ye, it was pretty dope. And what's even better was when you see Kanye West talking about from Beanie Siegel's mouth saying that he owes him money and then Beanie comes out and says, yo, Ye yeah, called me and promised me 50 mil and 5% staking Yeezy. Now that's dope, because we rarely see that in hip hop as people getting their just due. And, and even if they do get their just due, they might not get their financial just due. And I think that's really dope if Kanye does uh, fall through and give him that and give him that money, which is about, you said it was about 50 mil, and about 5% of Yeezy, and Yeezy is worth a shit ton. So that'd be a lot of money for Beanie, man. <laughs> That, that's life-changing. 50 mil is life-changing. 50 mil plus 5% easy. Yeah. You're doing big things. That, that, man, that'd be dope. So I thought that was really dope for Kanye to do. Uh, Ye spoke on his relationship with Dame and Jay-Z. Talked about how he is both of them put together the innovator, the creative, and the visionary. And I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I can say that Dame, because when you think about it, when you really think about it, Kanye is, Kanye, you can see Kanye and Dame and Jay-Z, and when it comes to business, Damon, if I wanted to say Dame, and uh, Kanye, especially when it comes to being a visionary, I could definitely see that, Um, I could definitely see that, especially when it comes to business. Uh, Jay-Z, when it comes to rapping, just the lyricism, the music part, he's got him as well, too. So I definitely understand what what Ye was saying with that. When he was talking about getting into a versus battle with it would have to at least be four people. I think that would be hella interesting. And if there's one person that could do it, I think it would be Ye. And I think what he's really just trying to say is that he can compete with so many different people in different areas. He can compete with Drake on music, but he can also compete with Virgil when it comes to the fashion. And That is why I say that Kanye West truly is a genius and is the GOAT, but he also talks about how he's more than just a rapper, just a musician. He talks about how when he's around these people in high places and they refer to him as a rapper, it's almost like them calling him the N-word, and I, and I can understand that because they're trying to keep you in a certain box, they're not trying to highlight the waves and the achievements that he's had outside of hip hop, especially when we all know that the powers that be definitely try to constrict and box in, uh, entertainers, especially black male entertainers into whatever they're doing. We see that with LeBron James, shut up and dribble. It's kind of just play basketball. Hey, just rap your lyrics. No need to be getting into, quote, fashion and education and influencing more than the world or influencing people that we, maybe not the audience, that it's more than the target audience that we want you to influence. And I think he speaks on that. And and people may say it comes off as arrogance, but to me, it's not arrogance. It's you got to you got to tell people how to address you, man. You got to tell people how to address you. And on top of that, Kanye West has the credit. I remember when he was in debt, asking Mark Zuckerberg for money, everybody laughing at him, now he's projected it worth 9000000000 billion, am gonna sip to that, it's crazy man, it's just crazy to see where he's come, from where he was, you look at that Breakfast Club interview, that Sway interview, now look, I'm just saying man, I'm just saying, this dude kind of West is something else man, and it was just a really great interview man it was great to see Kanye West smile that much it was great to see Kanye West be that comfortable he's lit up a blunt man I fucking got so excited just because I ain't even never seen Kanye West smoke a smoke an L like I was like oh shit like okay it's confirmed Kanye does smoke <laughs> like for me but it was awesome um what else happened in that interview that was dope there was so many little tidbits and shit, and, 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 and that in that interview, it was it was crazy. Like, I don't like her. I mean, I understand he wants to be back with Kim K because of the family, but I think he's better off without her. And that's all I'm gonna say on that. I and mean, Kanye's better off without her. We, my Bulls, out here losing to Dallas by a point. End the first. My uh, Bulls have been doing good. We dropped two backs to backs to the sixers, but that's another time. um again with the Kanye West interview man, it was just really dope to see him come out because I really think that every time Kanye West decides to do a full length interview, especially one like that, there's so much that we can take from it. so uh, that's that's all I'm'm I'm, I'm gonna come out with a more get more detailed in the Kanye West interview, but those were just my quick thoughts on it. overall thoughts it was I thought it was a really great interview. Um again shout out to Drink Champs Revolt for making that happen because I think the culture needed it for sure. Okay, let's get into something else, man. That was really crazy. The Travis Scott Astro World bullshit. Let's get into that shit, man. Wow. So if you didn't know if you were again living under a rock, um eight people died at the Astro World Festival. Um, this is Travis Scott's festival. There was mass panic. There, um, Again, nothing's been super confirmed as a fact. But what most are saying, and what I'm saying that I've seen and that I've read is that eight people could that died from could have been overdose of drugs, uh, cardiac arrest, things of that nature. They're saying at first they were saying someone was going around injecting people. Now I've heard that maybe some people were just buying some drugs, laced with fentanyl. But it's really a a sad story. Honestly, um, condolences and respects to those families of the people that lost their lives. And me being a festival goer, music festival goer myself, you definitely don't want to go to a music festival thinking you're about to have the time of your life and then you lose your life. Um, I think that's horrible. So, um, at that point, again, just, um, condolences out to the families. But what really bothered me was how they were trying to drag Travis Scott and like I've said it before, it was another day, um, it was another day and another black man trying to be cancelled by society. It seems like every two to three weeks it's a new black man getting thrown into the fire of media, being being held up to standards that no one else is either it's the baby, Boozy, Dave Chappelle, now it's Travis Scott. People are saying Why do you keep performing? I was even seeing some shit about a satanic ritual. I'm like, man, what are y'all talking about? Right? Because if you've ever been to a music festival, there are always people that pass out. Always. There are always people that pass out. There are always people selling drugs. There are always people doing drugs. I can say for a fact, when I have the last two that I've been to, Rolling Loud in L.A. and Day in Vegas in Vegas. Day Day in Vegas in Vegas. both of them are crazy mosh pits things like that when certain performers come on stage people get hurt people get stretchered off it's kind of a part of that culture not saying it's the greatest not saying it should be i'm just telling you what it is um so for people to try to demonize Travis Scott as if he did something wrong he didn't and it, and there's a clip that really isn't getting as much circulation as others where it shows him stopping saying that there's something wrong acknowledging the ambulance now once he did that of course he's thinking just like any other festival okay ambulance came got the people we good but once it got to a crazy level they stopped performing it was like people were saying that like Travis Scott just didn't give a fuck like and they're saying it's up to 46 lawsuits now that they filed against him at this point I see it as just a money grab just a money grab people were like okay we we have the court of public opinion, we have people's emotions. Let's just get in there and see what we can get. Now, it is Travis Scott's festival. So yes, he should be held responsible for some, but what they're trying to do, demonize, go through the mud, it's uncalled for. It's it's literally just uncalled for. It just shouldn't be like that. He's not at fault. Um this could have happened to anybody, especially in a, especially at a music festival. Um, it's unfortunate, but to try to demonize Travis Scott is wrong. It's wrong. And these lawsuits are just, to me, it's just people know who they can. It's like a bully. They know who they can bully the media and society knows who they can get away with. This was, this happened at a post Malone concert. This wouldn't be happening. Okay. This happened at a Machine Gun Kelly concert. This wouldn't be happening. This happened at a Justin Bieber concert. This would be happening. Any of those guys had a festival and this happened, or worse, it wouldn't be all this. Trust to believe because they wouldn't be it. They wouldn't be able to fly. But Travis Scott, black man, doing his own independent festival without none of these big companies making his money. You know they don't like when you go independent, especially black man. And there you go. Now we're just dragging this man through the through the, through the. Through the mud. Forty-six lawsuits. Saying damages can be up to hundred million. Kylie, your best hey, that's your man's. That's your baby father. You worth a billing Yeah, hey, I'm just saying, I'm not saying she has to, but, but it gets down to the good now. I think she should at least look the hell so how do y'all think about that, man? What do y'all think of the Travis Scott situation? Do you think he's at fault, do you think? No, it's not. Do you think people are kind of overblowing it? Let me know, man, let me know. Let's move on to this summer album. <laughs> Over it. So, I listened to it a little bit. Um, really didn't have to listen to much of it. Just had to go on Instagram to see what was what I was missing and what, what I needed to see. And the most interesting thing to me was London produced like 75% of it so I just thought it was kind of funny that an album that was basically made the shit on a man, that man is actually profiting from it so much so, he's literally a part of every song, he literally produced it, if you guys know what I'm talking about, Summer Summer Walker's Baby Father London on the Track um, War Now producer um, they had Split Summer Walker comes out with an album. It's basically talking about her trials and tribulations that they went through, even ending it off with Sierra's Prayer, which I thought was very interesting. Because I think the type of women that listen to Summer albums, Summer Summer Walker's album, they don't really want a Russell. Let's be real. They don't really want a Russell. They don't they come across Russell's every day. But then, and then mind you, the first thing they'll say is, well, he got money. Man, that same breath I tell you, it ain't all about the money. I don't know, man. It was a great album from the songs I heard. good. It was a good move, but I just think the overall message of it was just kind of funny because at the end of the day, this man is profiting off it, and he's still your baby father. So it's like, I don't know, man. Now now when when your child grows up, they're always gonna have this recollection of, damn, mom is just going, talking about dad on a whole album. Like, that's not going anywhere. Like, that's not going anywhere at all. So, I don't know. I wonder if Summer is gonna regret that at all. Probably not, she's gonna make a lot of money from this. Hopefully that deal that it came out 15 cents on a dollar was not real. That would be really, really, really unfortunate. Um, but I just thought that whole album was pretty ironic. I really did. Um, but, you know, they're going to be playing it. It's going to be playing out. They're talking about she definitely sold over 150,000 copies. So that'll be dope. But that's really what I thought about the album. It was I ain't going to spend too much time on it. I gonna give it another full listen, a real good listen, um, coming up, but I just thought that was real ironic that the, the, the guy that she jumped through the mud, whose name she basically just aired out all this stuff, he even went so far into one of the songs talking about his mom, like putting all his traumas out there. I was like, damn, man, but he's getting a check, so it can't be too bad. But uh, again, Summer's album over it. That's out. That's out now on all platforms. Let me know what y'all thought about it, man. Let me know what y'all thought. Oh, let's get into Rory and Mal and the Joe Budden podcast, man. Uh, I just want to share my thoughts on it, man, because at one point I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't even listening to Joe Budden podcast because I was kind of just like pissed off the way they had, the way they had split, and I didn't really like how Joe had carried himself. But I can't lie, at this point now, I'm watching both of them back again. I will say shout-out to Ice and Itch. You guys are doing your thing over there. Joe, you doing your thing over there. I, I can't lie. They're just a really good podcast. Um, I, I like the dynamic that they have. Don't get me wrong. It's not as good as the originals. Never will be. But Ice and Itch were doing their thing. They surprised me. They surprised me. I cannot lie. They surprised me. They bring their own personalities to the show. I fuck with it. I see that they're all from Jersey. I fuck with it, man. I honestly do. Um, that's It was really dope to see. And just me personally, watching myself just warm up to the podcast. So I'm telling you, at one point I went cold fucking turkey. I was like, bro, I'm not fucking with this nigga Joe. I'm not doing it, man. I'm not fucking doing it. And now I'm watching them again. So... And it, and it took a while for me to say this. I've been watching them. I've been watching. I've watched at least ten of their their last probably about five, six, seven episodes. So I, I'm back in the fold. Uh, I saw that they let that girl podcast go. Thank God. Um, I don't think Joe should have had that podcast to begin with. I just didn't think it was a good podcast. Honestly, I just didn't. It, it was a very a lot of. It was a big echo chamber. For most of the episodes that I saw. I wish them the best. But I just thought for Joe buttons um his platform and his company, I just it really just didn't make sense. I don't even remember him even going on that podcast. I think Rory went on it maybe once. So I think that says all he needs to know right there. Oh, let's get over to Rory and Milo, man. Congrats to you guys. I don't know if I congratulated congratulate you guys on the last episode, but if I didn't congrats again for that $10 million deal. <laughs> my little junk champ shit <laughs> but uh shout out to Rory and Mal man uh, I thought it was really dope especially me being a podcaster myself I know what it's like um, just to be starting again starting over uh, those guys are well known in the industry but again they could have lit that shit could have just fell flat on their face it wasn't a guarantee they made shit happen I fuck with it they're putting out good content they had a great interview with, with Hit Boy I like that um I'm really interested to see what they got going on. I like their dynamic. They, well, they were always pretty good. Um, like they say, really good for a couple of B mics. Um, but now they're the A mics, man. And they're really doing their thing. I'm really interested to see what they're gonna be doing. They had, uh, their their content's good. Uh, I like what Warren and Mal doing, man. I really do. I'm interested to see what different type of concepts and different ideas that they have for the, for the pod so i especially like their skits hopefully they get into more of the skits because i definitely fuck with them shits heavy so i'm definitely looking forward to you guys again congrats to Rory and amal on that deal uh, looking forward to what you guys got going on man for real um shout out to you guys man can't wait for us to link up and collab because you already know where this is going to go so one day it's going to happen for sure Let's get into some new music that I was listening to That Post Malone and The weekend, That shit is fire y'all If you haven't heard it It's Post Malone and The weekend, Off rip right there You should already know what this shit's talking about Them niggas do not miss at all I can't believe more people aren't even talking about It's called One Right Now Uh, The weekend again He can say the craziest shit And make it sound so good I'm telling you bro that dude is crazy, and they, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I feel like Post Malone and The Weeknd haven't made too many songs together, but they need to. Like, we need a we need a three or four pack. We need a we need a little pack from them, straight up, because that shit is fire. If we can get a little five pack, yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the, the song one right now is just like, man, y'all just need to do Beers and Billabongs over. Just do Beers and Bill over and then just put the week on every song. Like, that shit is fire. They need to make more music together. Check that shit out. One right now. Matter of fact, huh? Eh. Here you all go. Girl. Let's get into it. <laughs> Now, tell me that shit don't sound crazy. I'm telling you, they killed that shit. I had that shit on repeat. I had that shit on repeat. One of my, one for a whole day. I was playing that shit on a loop. I'm like, God damn. Dog boy got me really reminiscing at the same time. This shit is fire. I don't care who hear it. I know that shit fire when they talk about some emotional shit. And I got, I'm playing that shit so loud in my car. I don't care who's here. So yeah, go ahead and check out that Post Malone in the weekend. Of course, get the take. I would say, listen to it on title. I don't got no problem if you guys are on that Apple Music shit. I'm just saying, support title. The artist gets more, just keeps it in the community. I don't know. I just say fuck with title. And they always got they got that uh that master, which for the people that really love the music, y'all know what that means. So uh, let's get into this Scotty and MJ thing. Scotty, bro. Um, Scotty seems to really be going off. Now, he has a new book coming out that I think is actually already out, but he has been taking a lot of shots at Michael Jordan, and I am definitely surprised. I didn't think he felt like this, man. I thought he was a little upset, but it sounds like Pippen has some shit that he needs to get off his chest. I'm thinking, you know, get Triller in here, Michael Jordan, Scotty, four or five rounds, you know. I... <laughs> or a one-on-one at this point people would pay for that shit cause lord it seems like they got some tension there Scotty's saying bruh the flu game wasn't that big of a deal he had to play with a bad back he's saying hey, that MJ got 10 mil for the documentary he didn't get nothing the documentary I'm, I'm talking about is One Last Dance if you haven't seen it please go watch it clearly we're living under a rock even if you don't like basketball this is just a great documentary But it seems like Scotty is really upset, Um, and it's crazy because like no other teammates came out. Steve Kerr, Eric Longley, Derek, uh, Ron Harper, Dennis Rodman, Tony Kukoc. Nobody's coming out and saying anything. So it's like, man, man, like what's up with Scotty? Like, have you really always felt this way? Because if you have, why didn't you say something before? Why did you even do the doc? And then two, if you haven't, where's all this new vitriol coming from? Where's all this new vitriol coming from? So um if you guys haven't checked it out, man, just man, just look into it. Scotty Scott Scotty Pippen and MJ, man, it seems like he is really upset. I mean Scotty was a great player awesome player he just played with the with one of the greatest man he played with one of the greatest and i say that because know how i feel you already know who the greatest is but i ain't gonna get into that right now not right now so uh scotty man i'm not gonna lie i'm 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 with mj i, I don't understand man because i'm confused because either way it shouldn't have came out like this it shouldn't have this this is too much i know you got a new book coming out but Relax, man. Go talk to that man, MJ, one-on-one. Pop up. Pop up at his golf course or something. I don't know. Like, like, I'm pretty sure he'll talk to you. I, I don't know. You know, MJ's... I heard he hasn't talked to Charles Barkley for a while, but I feel like he'll talk to you on some man-to-man shit, even even though you have already kind of came out to some wild shit. And I'm thinking, you know, things have been kind of crazy for Scotty, you know, with the whole future thing and his wife. and That embarrassment, I don't know if he's trying to come up off of that, like, I I just don't know, I'm I'm trying to figure it out, and I just don't know, I'm a Bulls fan, so to see my guys fighting like this I don't fuck with it, I don't fuck with it, so y'all need to get together, man, definitely gonna read your book though, Scotty, if that was your point, you made it, cause I'm definitely gonna go cop that book, so uh, you guys let me know how you guys feel about that, Scotty Pippen Michael Jordan, he's got a new book coming out, maybe it's gonna be on a new book Because I'm definitely going to read it. I'll tell you guys about that for sure. Uh, Let's get into some some old school shit, man. Shout out to the Wu-Tang, man. But Raekwon the chef. He's getting ready to launch his first memoir, From Staircase to Stage. The story of Raekwon and the Wu-Tang Clan. I think this is going to be real dope. Um, They already have the show coming out. And I was thinking this was going to happen. That Some of the members might want to tell a more detailed side of the story from their point of view. It was going to do that in any way that they could. It's probably hard to do a show but do a book. I think it's going to be dope. And Raekwon especially, who really was real close to the RZA. Really, really was, had a real interesting life. I'm really interested to see it, man. They're saying it's later this month. With the help of the New York Times bestseller Anthony Boza the Wu-Tang legend dives into his tumultuous childhood and journey to hip-hop glory with the cute detail. Providing plenty of previously unheard tales along the way, 30 years into his story career, Raekwon's story is still being written, and there are undoubtedly many more chapters to come so i'm really looking forward to that man i'm really looking forward to that uh shout out to raekwon man i hope shoot i hope every single one of them man uh you know even maybe get one from old dirty bastard's son man i "I wish they all come out with a book tell all they different sides of the story even divine like everybody that was involved because that shit is so fucking crazy man i love the wu Tang clan um, the Wu-Tang Clan, the saga, really made me a fan. Like, I always, you know, fucked with the cream, the protect your neck, your best protect your neck, your best protect your neck. I always fucked with that, but the Wu-Tang Clan, the saga really opened up my eyes, and I was like, y'all, I really fuck with what they got going on, which leads me to my, to my wrap it up question, man. Who y'all got, Outkast or the Wu-Tang? So... I started you guys off with a Wu-Tang. I started you guys off with a uh with an outcast record. Um, we're gonna end it off with a Wu-Tang record. But uh, I want you guys to let me know, man, who y'all got, man? Outcast or Wu-Tang. You know me, I'm going with Wu-Tang. I just think they got too much for people. Strength in numbers. I just think it's just too much. I think if you put them against anybody, it's just gonna they got too much coming from. I think Outcast might be one of that might be their best chance to take them out, man. To be honest, I think that might be the, the best chance. But who y'all got? Wu Tang versus Outcast. I'm a Northeastern cat, so y'all already know I'm gonna go with that Wu Tang shit. Um, I've been listening to Outcast, my boy from down south, my boy Barry. He's he been trying to put me on. Don't get me wrong, I know who Outcast is and what they bring, but I can't lie. I never really had listened to songs like and I. Um Never really deep dove into roses. Never really deep dove into the jazzy bell. You know, so I'm, I'm getting into my outcast bag, but I still got the Wu-Tang. So, again, this is uh, your boy, A.B. Bursley. This is the, the Blunt Talks podcast presented by Savage Time TV. We are, on set, we, are, we are all available on all streaming platforms. Make sure to check out the uh, website, SavageTimeTV.com. I'm going to end it off with some good uh, some cool old Wu-Tang. Y'all know this song. Y'all know how we get down. This is the motherfucking One Toss podcast. Let's get it, man. I never ever called and ask you to play something, man. Right? Yeah. You know what I want to hear, right? What you want to hear? I want to hear that Wu Tang Wu Tang again uh, again again. and again. again again. Wu Smoking Joe Frazier, the Hellraiser, raised hell with the flavor, about the jam like troops in Pakistan, swinging through your town like your neighborhood, Spider-Man. So all, uh, tick tock and keep ticking, while I get you flipping off the scene, I'm kicking. The Lone Ranger, cool man, danger, deep in the dark with the art charts the man Too hot to handle your battle. He's saying goodbye like gamble. What Campbell. Inspect Inspector deck on the set. The rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal. The way I make the crowd go wild, sit back, relax, won't smile. Great got it going on, pal. Call me the rap assassinator. Rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger. And I'ma get mad deep like a threat. Blow up your project, then take all your assets. Cause I came to shape the frame and half with the thoughts that wrong. Shit like math. So if you wanna try to flip Go flip on the next man Cause I grab the clip and you with 16 shots and more I got Going to war with the melting pot It's the method man for short, Mr. Mep Move it on your lap And set it on, get it off, let it off like a cat. I wanna break food, cop me back